Vincent the Dude. Hey, good Friday afternoon, everybody from Freight Alley. I'm excited today. We got a pro wrestler on the show. We got yeah. a Golden Gloves boxer. We got a, a guy who's kicking ass on YouTube, Mr. Mother Trucker over there. Good <sighs> stuff. Um, in honor of all the pugilists yeah, that yeah, will yeah. be on today, what is the pugilist. greatest professional fight you've ever witnessed? This could be wrestling, this could be boxing, this could be MMA, this could be at lunch. Okay. <laughs> oh, it could be at lunch. I didn't know lunch. that. Okay, no. Well, I'm going to go with, so, uh, yeah, I'm kind of old school, so it's boxing. Ali Spinks or maybe Tyson Buster Douglas. Tyson Buster. I'm going with Griffin Bonner from UFC Ultimate Fighter Season 1. It was yeah. just a bloody affair. Went down to a decision. Really good. We're going with wrestling. Perfect time when I was a kid. Hogan, Hogan Warrior WrestleMania 6. We're going for actual good matches, though. Undertaker versus HBK. Anything from gotcha. their series. Or maybe Pillman yeah. Liger. Yeah, Super yeah, Brawl yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. All good stuff. It's hard to separate memorable from an actual good fight. Hey, speaking right? of brawls, I'm a wrestling promoter. Now yeah, I sure. want to put the FMC versus Joe Biden. The FMC said they found rigorous competition <laughs> in ocean shipping. Oh, but then Joe Biden went on the air yesterday, and this is what he had to say. We were paying $3,500 a container in 2020. And then by September, October of last year, we were paying upwards of $20,000 to $25,000. Yeah, it's outrageous. Outrageous. As you know, one of the big reasons why prices are going up is the cost of shipping things across the Pacific in particular. There's only nine shipping companies, nine, N-I-N-E, major ocean mine shipping companies who ship from Asia to the United States. These companies have raised their prices by as much as a thousand percent. How, how much have your costs gone up? By a hundred million dollars. We're not a huge company, but um, that hundred million dollars increase that they passed on to us is, is you know, more than our entire profit. They are depending on us to be able to deliver those products from our farms to their countries. Absolutely. If we don't fix this problem, we will we will lose our customers. So what's the deal? Why is the FMC fact-finding so different than what Joe Biden's saying? Now, ask Lauren begin yeah. this, and she said that the president clearly knows what is going on ocean right now. The video is him positioning himself for the OSRA bill to be in the mainstream next week. We'll cover that a little bit more yeah. next week. Craig Fuller says it's just politics, man. He is yeah. he, he knows ocean rates are going down. Put yourself ahead of it before it does, and it looks like he did the Lord's work. I, I think, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely part of it is there. That's that's my sentiment as well. All right, well, let's tip the uh, band, and we can ring the bell on today's show. Autonomous yeah. trucks are coming with a huge potential windfall if you're ready to seize it. Start reengineering your supply chain for autonomy today. Contact Locomation at, tell them, dude. Hey, go to locomation.ai for turn. Key solutions. All right, let's talk to our Golden Glove guest. It is oh, yeah, Omar Singh, is. president and founder at Surge Transportation, looking handsome as always. Omar, thanks for joining us on the show again. Hey guys, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Omar, you got a favorite fight? You have to have one. I imagine you are a, a student of the sport. Hands down, Bernard Hopkins, Felix Trinidad, Madison Square Garden, live. Uh, it was right after 9-11, so it was also a, just a very unique occasion. But, uh, yeah, favorite all-time in-person fight, for sure. 
Well, wow. now what you're raising your gloves up to is the battle of freight tech adoption and implementation. Let's get into it because you just put a great article up on freight waves. Um, start us off here. Tell us a little bit about why you wrote the article and what some of those hurdles are. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's just worth sort of identifying what I found out is that if we can change something to be fully autonomous, like let's take autonomous trucks, which is part of this you know, conversation and you're taking a driver out, then it's, it's easy. It's not easy to implement that. But so what we do is real time pricing. We're taking people out of pricing and you automate that, but, and, and you can do that however, whatever it takes to do it. But I think changing people's behavior and keeping them doing what they're doing, but just asking them to do it a different way has been just a, a real obstacle, not just, you know, in, in my organization, but I think when I talk to, other business owners or just other you know people who are in the industry just changing what has always worked having that pitch to say do it differently i know you're successful i know your numbers are great i know you know commissions are great but we want you to try to do it differently it's just been a real bear to get that kind of blend of people staying in it but finding a different way to do it um and a lot of these things cost right there's a big investment to kind of deploying them and then you spend a whole year configuring something and then 10 minutes training your team and, you know, it goes nowhere. Yeah. So Omar, you know, I had experience with just moving an entire, we moved an entire container freight station from one location to another over a weekend. Right. And just changing locations, people lost their minds, didn't know what to do. What are some of the biggest optical obstacles that are out there? What causes this freight tech adoption difficulties? What are these obstacles? Well, I think it's the mindset of changing how things are done, right? Like, I would say this industry is one where for so long, there's been a way to do everything. There's a way to conduct RFPs. There's a way to source carriers. There's a way to do, you know, anything that's in your kind of uh, workflow of, of, of how you get cradle to grave or whatever companies do. And just the mindset of being able to say, you know, now do it differently. And if it's a, just an individual person or a whole organizational change, um, I think when things are working and they're going well, it's a really hard sell to get people to accept, yeah, we're just going to, we're going to start doing it differently now because nothing's broken and we're just going to, you know, we're going to modify it even though it's not broken. How much does training and awareness play into this? Because a lot of times you'll have someone go out and they'll buy the tech, but they, they're not the same person as the manager who's going to be instructing a team on this. And we bring things in, but then we don't onboard anybody. That's got to be a problem too. Yeah, and well, I'll admit, I think I'm learning that the hard way too, because I, I do. I've spent a lot of time with system configurations for trying new things, mainly carrier sourcing tools. And, you know, there's so many different things that are hitting the market, but spent a lot of time on that development and that investment and just kind of take for granted that people are going to accept it and then spend very little time on training and awareness. And then it ends up, um, well, being something that I'm just learning as a business owner, I have to do better. And, and I feel like maybe invest equal amounts of time on training awareness and, and get that buy-in. So people actually use the tool because we have a lot of tools kind of sitting around or products that people they're not using and everything's still working and everything's okay. So it's, it's become a really hard sell, even though I think they could be more efficient and, and, you know, probably more successful with regard to, you know, covering loads faster, maybe covering them at target margin, but you know, it's just a, it's been a really hard sell. And, um, and 
So I know at Surge, I need to invest more in, in training the team and getting that buy-in in order for products to be more successful. So Omar, I'm interested in what what is some of the what are some of the keys to gaining some of that that buy-in, right? We talk about obstacles, right? But one of them is that people are doing their things and they're successful at it or, or fairly successful. They think they are. They've got their mojo, they've got their workflow, right? And disrupting that can be very they're against that change. But from the other side, training, understanding that changing that does cause that stress. Is that as important? Well, I, I think so. And I think probably the biggest thing you guys know so much of our industry is incentive compensation, you know, um, behavior driven. So say for our side on, on carrier sourcing, you know, this exciting carrier sourcing tools, which allow you to book it now, like Surge just went live with book it now with internet truck stop. Um, we're getting ready to with, with DAT, but there are other tools that we've been using. And essentially what they do is they take away the carrier reps commissions unless you're able to configure it and kind of really get in and say, okay, does this rep own the customer relationship? Do they own the carrier relationship? Or how do we adjust this so that everybody's incentivized to use the technology and everybody's incentivized rather than kind of the idea that it's replacing the carrier reps. We don't want it to replace anybody. We want it to help them do their job better. And it's, it's, it's a challenge. And a lot of the products that we've seen out there once they roll out and kind of get a lot of this feedback from people in the community, um, they deploy changes to the way they recognize either the carrier ownership or the customer ownership or, or the lane or the origin, whatever it is that you have to do to continue to recognize reps that they'll, they'll want to use these tools, I think, has been yeah. the biggest part for us is making sure the incentive comp is there. Omar, what's been some of the biggest like blowback this year or the negs you've heard about freight tech adoption? Are the concerns the same as they were in previous year, years or is that changing? Well, I think on the pricing side, I would say I see a lot of people on the pricing side that's really taking off, whether it's it's APIs or some of the different vendors out there with robots, any kind of automation behind pricing. I see that adoption moving very quickly and very widespread. I think that the issues that we're really experiencing inside of our organization, and I think other ones are, are just adjusting that incentive comp to, to recognize, you know, the system's going to kind of recognize this behavior differently. And, and what do we need to do as an organization to kind of make sure that, that everybody's whole and everybody feels good about it. Um, but it's a, it's a lot of work. I mean, as you guys know, just creating a whole incentive comp plan is, is work. And then you figure it out and you introduce technology. And so you have to figure it all out again. Yeah. So Omar, what are, what are, what are the uh, best practices for ensuring successful adoption? Well, I, I think it's adjusting the incentive comp to make sure yeah. everybody is still, you know, aligned there. And then the training and probably extensive training with the team to really show them maybe sometimes with business owners get pitched, you know, a 60 minute or a 90 minute or, or multiple 60 minute pitches. And, and I'm certainly guilty of it, you know, and, and then, you know, we spend three or four hours learning the product and then 30 minutes teaching it to the team. And um, I think that a lot more awareness and training probably needs to go into making these uh, deployments successful. Omar, anything uh, to be excited about moving through the rest of the year with Surge? Um, well, we got the book it now going live with DAT and truck stop. And, you know, obviously right now the freight market is uh, doing its correction, what they call. But um, we're still going strong and just looking forward to coming out of it and 
you know, staying aggressive throughout the whole period. So looks fantastic. Well, yeah, people yeah. who want to learn more, where do we send them to? Searchtransportation.com and then, you know, all of our pages there will uh, point them in the direction that they're looking for. So beautiful. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend and uh, stay sharp as always. All right, guys. Good to see you. Appreciate Take it. Care. Thanks, Omar. Take care. Let's right. take a look at a uh, video from oh, our good. next yeah, yeah, yeah. guest now. Hmm. What? Let's watch st- Are you stonewalling us? Talk Let's to us, Moltar. That's my with Mother Trucker News. Uh, I had a lot of subscribers. They're on the I-30 westbound near Malvern, Arkansas. And they're pretty much saying they've been stuck for the last few hours. Uh, for the ones that don't know what's going on, I looked up the articles. And basically, eight semi-trucks plus three four-wheelers were in a pileup. And we do not know the cause of the situation. Hopefully, all the truck drivers and all involved are okay. But as of right now, that is the situation. So if you're on the I-30 westbound in Arkansas, definitely watch out when you're in that location. Mother truckers, please pray for all involved because something like this is always devastating. But that's what's going on, and that's why traffic has been backed up. Wow. Yeah. So That we was co- ugly stuff. Yeah, that story was covered on BackTheTruckUp.com, too. And uh, in that incident, um, at the time, he was he was pretty early on into that. And yeah. uh, now we know that three people had died in that. It had been, uh, I was going to say there were deaths, right? Yeah, there <laughs> were some deaths. By the way, that Biden thing that we um, that we opened up with, right? Yeah. A lot of like the ocean guys are online right now and they're like freaking out. They're like, there's way more than nine carriers. How could you say there's only oh, nine yeah, carriers? Yeah, yeah. But I think what Biden was referencing there was the uh, was the alliances. The right? alliances. Talking yeah, about that's the, exactly right. And then if you really want to, I mean, Zim kind of works with uh, the two M alliance, too, don't they? Uh, yeah, I so believe you, they you do. You kind of yeah. have 10 there. Yeah. But, I mean, if you've ever booked a load, the problem is that y- there really aren't that many choices because you've you got to go where the vessels are going. And you got and, and if you look, the prices pretty much uh, stay in lockstep. By the way, Alex from the Asia My Guy show was supposed to come on. Ooh. However, I think they're having a little bit of trouble on the road oh, connecting. Okay, cool. So let's check out a promo from our next guest instead. Past couple matches, past couple months, I've happened to run across a guy guys, devils, demons, and they've been wanting to get into my business. Fair enough, because I'm the only one that can pick him up and throw his fat ass over the top rope. I don't give rev, I don't give tank any credit at all. No clout at all. No respect at all. You guys can think that deathmatch wrestling is cool? Then go watch deathmatch wrestling. This is Southern Honor. This is Southern wrestling. We don't need some fat ass or some guy acting like he's the devil coming up on our screen telling us what we're going to do. There was a guy that left me laying in this ring one month ago. I couldn't breathe. I was suffocating. But here I am. And Tank's here. I'm here. He's got a match. I got a match. You better not take another step or he goes up like a damn Christmas tree. Oh my my God. Oh my God. Somebody stop this. He's bleeding. His face is covered in blood here. So it's very clear that something happened before this match. Absolutely sickening display here by the Reverend and Tank. Oh, my. I don't think any of us expected to see Gunnar Miller, least of all, Tank. And Tank is running. Next month will be Gunnar Miller versus Tank in a death match. Whoa. Oh, no. I wonder, did, did 
Spank and Reverend Dan Wilson have this particular plan the whole time to lure Gunnar Miller into their specialty. Wow. wow, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Gunner Miller right here. You saw he's got a big fight coming up against, what was that guy's name, Tank? Tank, yeah. Tank. I thought it was fat ass. Well, it, it, that's what I call him. Oh, okay. But, but that's just name, a, that's like Tank. your pet pet yeah. nickname for him? Yeah, so Tank gotcha. is a local guy. He's from Chattanooga. You know, he's oh, about shit. 50 years old. He's I been doing it, it forever. Been doing it forever. Yeah, he might cut you. <laughs> hey, first of all, you guys are better looking in person than you are on TV. I'll tell you that much. What's Thank going you. on, guys? <laughs> How are you, man? I brought some I brought some gifts, too. Oh, cool. 12-point logistics hats. Love wanted, it. Wanted to hook you guys up, yeah, let you guys sweet. know a little bit about us and just so thankful to be on the show, and I appreciate you guys. So, so you're not just a wrestler; you're also in logistics at Twelve yeah. Point Logistics. But we talk enough about logistics on here, so I want to focus yeah. a little bit more on uh, wrestling. Today. And I've seen that guy come at. Do you have like blade marks all over your forehead? You don't look that bad. Yeah, no, I'm okay. Um, so, in pro wrestling, if you guys don't know, it's fake. So, right? No, you no, know, no, no, no. It's it, not. It, no, it's it, 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 exposing the business. Yeah, I'm, exposed, uh. I'm, I'm letting out all the rumors, right? Vince didn't do it in the '90s when they had the steroid scandal. But so it's uh, <laughs> it's right now, and and you know it's predetermined. But listen. Things hurt. Yeah. Things really, really hurt. I blew my knee out in wrestling. I've had several injuries in wrestling. But, yeah, so when we get blood, we gig. Yeah. Right? So we take a razor blade. We cut the razor blade in half. We got the pointed part. Okay. Put it on your wrist tape. Yeah. And then at one point in the match, you got to take your wrist tape off, grab it, and then you just stick it as far as you can in your head till you, skill your, uh, till you feel your skull, and then you let it out, and then you go, and then boom, there goes the blood. Oh, you have to hold your nose. That's a key component. Well, to get oh, to get the blood pressure up to blow it out. Yeah, you definitely want to get the – you want to, like, hold your breath – and do that, and there goes the blood. Wow. Like a whale. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, so, so you orca. create a blood yeah. a blood Listen, There's people on LinkedIn clutching their pearls right now. They're like, what is going on? This yeah. man cuts his head. Let's scare them even more. What's a death match? Oh, yeah, uh, so yeah, a yeah. death match is anything goes. You're looking at um, tables, chairs, uh, thumbtacks. The big thing in a death match is blood, right? So you can get as much blood as possible. And then he has this, this weapon. That only certain guys in deathmatch wrestling get to use okay. because it's like you know passed down and it's called skewers. And what it is literally it's the skewers. You put like you know shrimp I and think stuff the on the wood ones. The yeah, wood one, and yeah. you just stab them into your head, and then you stab the last one. You, you do that, and then it opens up like a dinosaur or something, like a peacock or something. Wow. Yeah. So okay, so I was watching Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy, and these guys they were trying to flex on AEW, and they're like, "We're stuntmen," and it was kind of scary to watch. Yeah, so yeah. some of the spots that that Jeff took from Darby, like there's one where he sets up six chairs behind himself. Yeah. And then Darby just jumps on him and you can hear Jeff's head clang off the steel chair. Sure. It rings yeah. out. How do you do that safely? Because you said it's fake, but how do you take well, a move like that safely? So when it comes to deathmatch wrestling, it's not necessarily going to be safe, right? That's why I call it deathmatch wrestling. <laughs> yeah, so, fake, fake doesn't really mean fake. <laughs> fake just means, hey, guess what? So-and-so's winning tonight. You guys go make it look good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what right. fake means. Yeah, you're actually so, getting your ass kicked. And then there's times you get into a ring. Like I've, One of my favorite matches was against Matt Riddle. Yeah. Matt Riddle's uh, in the UFC, and then he's in WWE now. But that dude can legit beat you up. So you gotta be like, okay, now are we really gonna do this? Usually yeah. I can hold my own in the ring with most guys, you know, but I'm like, is he really gonna like try to beat me up or yeah, put me yeah, in trouble? Yeah, because yeah. I can't get out of it. But yeah. yeah, man, it's just, you know, it's predetermined and, and you can get hurt. It's very dangerous. But a death match is, it, I've never done one before. So this is my first okay. one. I'm excited about it. So it's anything goes type of thing, but yeah. you, can, you can use weapons and stuff like that. So literally the fans are bringing they? weapons. Oh. So like, there's, oh, okay. there's been right. times where like, so Tank has been in the ring, a fan has brought a bicycle and he has thrown <laughs> a bicycle and hit a guy in the head. Unscripted, improv, 
with a bicycle. So you don't know what fans are bringing. I hope you know they can bring anything. So I saw the Nasty Boys <laughs> do uh, do a false count anywhere match, and they hit someone with like a giant bag of popcorn. Now that doesn't look that dangerous, but I was like, so you're saying fans bring? You don't gimmick this stuff in advance. It's not like I don't know if you hit them with a cowbell. It's actually my cowbell. It's not like sure. one made out of like uh, sugar or something. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess I would fill it, and I'd be like, I probably shouldn't hit him as hard as I can yeah. with this. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah, know, yeah. I'll I'll make it look good, right? So if you if can, can anybody, you do that? can you hit him with my cowbell? And make it yeah, look we can do it. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, so cut my forehead a little bit. Yeah, he needs oh, it to sounds how, good. He needs to know how to take the bump. That's probably it, right? Yeah, we, we, we can take a bump in here. No big deal. It's easy. I need to know. Yeah, you got to train us on how to do this. Stuff. Do that, no, yeah. no doubt. So have you ever have you ever hit or done something to somebody and you went, oh shit, sorry, dude? So they're called a receipt. Yeah, it's called a receipt. So say somebody accidentally throws a punch and you know they're trying to. That's the sound, right? That's yeah, my sound. That's what you're looking so for. you're getting close, but I accidentally I get you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I touch you. I'm gonna let you know. Hey, bro. Within this match you're going to feel something very similar. So my thing is, I will hit you as hard as you hit me, and, and vice versa. Okay, so, oh, that's, and that's so, okay. so it's coming too, back. Right? You just got to yes. know it's coming back. Yeah, so, so have you yeah. seen the, the film with Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman? Braun yeah. Strowman accidentally hits him, and then Brock about drops him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so and very I watch similar. all that stuff like What Culture on YouTube and all that, yeah. all, the, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta Productions, all that. All that For stuff. sure. A huge fan. Here's a, we have a, a view from the card here, and i got to say, what do you think the chances are, though, of uh, Zach the Gear Guy versus Crawl? That looks like a bigger mismatch than you versus Tank. Absolutely. So Zach, the gear guy, literally has never wrestled. You know, he's he's a part of our show. We let him be a part of it. You know, just you know, out of the generous of our heart, he he's there. He grabs our, like we take our shirt off at the ring. He grabs it, takes it to the back. Well, we're we're doing a storyline now where Cruel, which is Logan Creed, one of my good buddies, um, he signed with MLW, and they're doing they're doing an invasion. So that's his wife Brooklyn, who's over the show. And they've taken over Southern Honor from Gary Lamb and Dylan Frimer. So that, that's where we're at right now. It's an invasion angle. Interesting. So it's predetermined, right? When you go there and you see Tank today and he knows that it's your first death match, is he going to go easy on you? Like, do you, do you guys work this out a little bit in advance? Or is there animosity? Because in wrestling, there's a ton of drama behind the scenes between wrestlers, too. There is. I'll try to stay out of the drama as far as most of it goes. These days, I only like to work with guys that, I, that I'm friends with for the most part. I grew up, not grew up with Tank. Tank's older than me. But when I came up in the business, uh, it was local. Tank was a big part of that. And I've had several matches with him, and I've always wanted to give him a really good death match. So the only conversations that we've had is, hey, man, let's go out there and kill it. We're the, we're the only main event to ever main event Southern Honor Wrestling without a title. So that's pretty cool to be able to say, hey, the people oh. are so invested that, you know, I'm so over as a good guy. They want me to be in the main event, and Tank is so much a bad guy, a heel, because he's coming after the main good guy. Yeah. So the fact that I don't have to have a title anymore to be a main event kind of speaks volumes for itself. They didn't even give that's Taker cool. an edge the WrestleMania final when they should have in that big match, did they? There was several Taker matches in WrestleMania that should have been main events that weren't. They really should. Him and Shawn Michaels should have been the main event that first year and even the second year as well. So tough to follow up. Very tough to follow. I'm sure Triple H didn't want to follow that match ever again. No. So you got a good relationship with Tank, right? I have a great relationship. Okay. With Tank. So do, do those relationships ever had to accidentally get strained when you like say, "Hey, I'm going to beat this fat ass." You know, you're announcing that he's a fat ass. You go, "Hey, dude, that was cool, but you know." Lay off the well, fat no, ass. because what we didn't show was all the promos they were talking about me, right? Uh, right, right, right. They were no, they do that stuff. But do you ever get like go, well, dude? I'm not that, you know. I'm not that. Well, you know, there'll be like slide comments like, "Hey, man, you didn't have to call me a fat ass." Yeah, right, right, right. And it's right, like, right. well, what are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know. And he's like, he's like, you don't call me old. Well, what are you? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's like saying, you know, don't don't call me a, a failed football player. I didn't make it to the pros. I consider that a failure. I might have played Division One, but it's not pro. It's failure. That's, that's you did, shoot, right? Like if you go, like Vincent. If you go off script and you just start, yeah. you just start going after someone in places that you probably shouldn't. That's usually called a shoot. There's uh, in the it's history of a shoot. 
Shoot. It just means you've gone off script. You're actually talking about this person how so you, you really feel. This, what's, the, what's one of the best promos in the past 10 years? The pipe bomb, CM Punk. Now, what's the second one? Just uh, happened. MJF? Exactly. Yeah. So, and what they are, they're, they're literally angled shoots that are in a ring, and they know when to cut the microphone off because they're going to say, hey, guys, go say how you really feel. We're going to keep you on the roster. Say how you really feel. And when you say too much, we'll cut you off. Uh-huh. So, like, MJF dropped an F-bomb on TNT the other yeah. or TBS, whatever they're on. I'm not a big AEW fan, but they cut the mic off. But guess what? That shit got over. Yeah. It got over. So why not? Yeah. Why aren't you a big AEW fan? Because there's a big war going on now, WWE versus AEW. Have you guys ever heard of Marco Stunt? I haven't, no. Oh, exactly. So Marco Stunt, five foot two, 115-pound professional wrestler. When I blew my knee out, I had just been listed as the PWI Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Like mm, okay, gotcha. The Pro Wrestling one to watch. I was yeah. I was making my way up in wrestling. Four years in, I, I was starting to get. I was Chicago, New York, Tampa. I, I was wow, getting a good name. Right. Blew my knee out. Took a little time off. Then I, for the first time ever, with no football, no sports, no nothing, I had time. And I got a little. Uh, I guess I would call it like too much time because I started yeah. talking, running my mouth on Twitter yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I went viral for a couple of days because <laughs> Marco Stunt got signed. Five foot two, 115 pounds of Marco Stunt. And I just said, how can uh, you know, athletes like myself that want to get into this see a guy that's five foot two, 115 pounds, get signed and take that shit serious? Yeah. You know, how can we take that serious? It's a slap in the face to real athletes. Literally went viral <laughs> wow. for a whole day uh, on Twitter. Who is Gunnar Miller was the main hashtag on Twitter, getting blasted by everybody. But it was all AEW wow. guys. I have buddies in WWE. Not one of them said a bad thing. All of them said I was right. Yeah. But, you know. AEW doesn't like you me too much. You got big heel heat with the vanilla midgets out there? I do with the vanilla midgets, man. They don't have that problem. Listen, I'll stomp these dudes just one at a time, man. Just one at a time down the road. <laughs> That's awesome, man. What's the secret about indie wrestling that people like wouldn't know? Hey, someone who's a little bit more advanced in their knowledge than me. Like, what wouldn't I know about what you guys do uh, in the show? You wouldn't know that the majority of independent wrestlers don't have a job. The majority of independent wrestlers all kind of come together okay. as a group, and they, they travel together, and it's very low income. They're, they're literally just... You know, scratching and clawing to get by. They're like carnies. They are. It, they are literally carnies. Right. That is what they are. Right. Wow. And unless you make it, I mean, literally, it's not even the top one percent. It's the one percent of the one percent make it. Yeah. So you think about it. Every time. So it's like professional f- sports. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even like you were talking about Division One football. Even worse. Look at you got WWE. You yeah. got AEW. Yeah. That's the ones making money. Yeah. Nobody else is. How many yeah. roster spots is that? 150. Yeah. So 150 people on the planet are making money in pro wrestling. Yeah. And out of those 150, 20 are stars. Mm, yeah, used yeah. To feel, in WWE, it used to feel like there was more job security when they had when they had Florida and they had those things. And nowadays, yeah. they're just they're cutting money left and right so much. Well, how do you make money now? You make money digitally. You make money yeah. overseas. You make money with past content from the library. Yeah. They don't need new stars because guess what? Guess who main event in WrestleMania? Stone Cold. After 19 years of not even being in a match, walks out there, puts on a 20 minute match with his knee braces on and a t shirt, and got the biggest pop that WrestleMania has had in the past 10 years. Amazing. Since guess what? The last time he came on the show to an interview. Unbelievable. Yeah. Good. Well, hey, Gunner, before we let you go, there are a couple things I want you to plug. First of all, what when is the event tonight? Can we show that flyer one more time? People who, want to, who are watching this and they're in the Chattanooga or Georgia area, show the flyer for this event. Yeah, so if you're within Chattanooga or Atlanta, I mean, you're less than an hour away from Canton, Georgia, Southern Honor Wrestling. It's the number one independent wrestling promotion uh, in the South, by far, no doubt. Gary Lampus it on, does a great job. Dylan Freimer, who is actually one of the main video editors at AEW, is the guy that does all our video production and our booking. So it's a very well done show the best production show that you'll see 
Um, so, I, you know, I suggest you come out. I'll be the main event, so you don't have to get there right at 8 o'clock. As long as you get there for my show, I don't really care. But other than that, that's about it, man. Gunner, let us know when the next one is, what the truck is coming. We just have to, we got to bring our, our camera crew and stuff. I want to check it out. You know what? I, I'm, I'm good at letting people know when it's good and when it's bad. So yeah. I'll let you know when a good one's coming up. Yeah. And it'll be the Rumble Jack, and I believe it's in a few months. Okay. We'll, hey, we'll, and we'll also, we'll real quick. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with 12 Point Logistics, I want to give them a shout out real yeah. quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. I came Please on do. February 2020, and we were a $1 million company. Yeah. At this, to, as it stands right now, we're going to do over right at $25 million this year, and I'm just super excited to be a part of that. And I just wanted to give the whole company a shout out while I came on here as well. Wait, you've been on here before? I don't even remember. No, you, you changed your gimmick. I That's why I don't remember you. I haven't been on here, no. Oh, okay, I thought you said in 2020. You, I thought you no, 2020, I came to 12 Point. I was like, I thought the wrestling gimmick changed. No, 2020, game. I came to 12 Point. <laughs> I, you know, I can come here whenever you guys want me to. Because you blacked out. He, he, well, I'll have you back more often now that I know you like wrestling, but... Got a, you also have a podcast, right? Yeah, I have a podcast. So CWG Podcast. It is Chat with Gunner, C-H-A-T-T, a little play on words there. So you can catch that out. We drop a new episode every <laughs> Sunday at 9 a.m. I also do multiple interviews throughout the week with guys from sales, uh, entrepreneurs, logistics, and any type of content creators. So if you want to come on the show, hit me up. We'll get you on the show. Awesome right, stuff. Now, now we just got to do it. Let's do a little quick stand-up in front of the desk before we go to the Asian My Show. We just want to see if we're bigger than a wrestler or not. Do you mind just standing? Yeah, let's, let's, let's just size I just want to know how many seventh graders you think you could take in a death match. You can hold the title right in front of yourself. Put it around your waist if you like. Yeah, you gotta you, you gotta win that one. I would win this one. How do you win it? Uh, trophy smack. You got to have the uh, best podcast. This is only 2021, so 2022 might still be up for grabs. Count me in. All right, count me <laughs> in. Check out Gunner Mill. Let's go to the, let's go to the Asian My Show now. We got right a on. couple of mother truckers I can see in the green room right now looking wonderful. Alex and I, he's got his buddy with him, so let's meet him. Alex, come on up. What's up, guys? Hey, what's going on, guys? Looks you like guys you're look, Are you in there, a boys. golf cart right now? Yeah, we're out here at, uh, in uh, Springfield, Illinois. We're at a truck show, actually. Oh, cool. What show's going on today? It's the NTHS, National Historic Truck Society. Wow. So you are always, one of the reasons I had you come on is you are always on the scene. And also, one of our writers here on our site, backthetruckup.com, Rooster, he's a huge fan of your site. He's always sharing links, like, within our Slack. And uh, one of the recent ones I saw was on that big crash that happened. It was, like, the I-30 crash cost three lives and that's kind of what you do right you're out there in the truck and you get on scene and you do reporting yeah yeah definitely uh, uh pretty much what we end up doing is like what you guys see behind us right here is we have our apparel business called big rig tees and we use this business to pretty much travel across america and share truck driver stories and pretty much i put my personal phone number i know you're not supposed to but i i put my personal phone number out there and people just text me when something's going on on the highways and just the other day i had like 200 texts that hey on the i-30 in arkansas there is a big crash and uh, let other truck drivers know so it's more of just like a platform for other truck drivers to talk to each other it's almost like the new like uh virtual cb you know yeah, Alex, I saw that out there. I was wondering, why does his, his, his number out there? That's got to be crazy. But then I thought it's brilliant, right? Because you get a lot of leads and you understand what's going on there. But what, what was the catalyst that said, I need to start this channel? I'll be honest with you. Um, most people are like, why does a guy that's not driving a truck care about the trucking industry? Yeah. And the honest truth is, uh, you know, I was a mover for uh, over 12 years of moving furniture for uh, North American Van Lines. 
making videos for the last eight years that nobody watched. And <laughs> I don't know what happened, but uh, as soon as I started jumping on the truck show scene uh, about a couple years ago, interviewing truck drivers and things like that, uh, I just gained a passion for it and I just went in hard and uh, that's where we're at now. You know, eight to ten, eight to ten million truckers around the world uh, watch the show a month. So yeah, well, show his channel thing here. Show, show his yeah, we show your page. You've got over three hundred thousand subscribers. That is really good, especially in the trucking space to get three hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. Three hundred thousand plus. You started the channel. You mentioned a couple years ago. How have you how have you grown it? Is it just getting better and better at focusing on trucking and doing more service level reporting and getting that voice out there? Yeah, no, definitely. So for the seven years that I was making videos before, they were a little bit more selfish, uh, talking about where I'm at, what I'm eating, and what I'm doing. And uh, for the last two years, I just focused on the people. And I, I think when you focus more on the people, they, they can see that you care about that. And as a community, it just grows, you know? So that was the key to your growth, was really focusing on a personal of it and being real about what you're reporting? Yeah, and the honest truth is, if you if you go on my YouTube channel and you look up videos i put up a video every two hours so uh it's pretty much I, I i tell people if you don't care about trucking please don't subscribe because if you do uh you're gonna get a whole lot of me on your subscription feed and i, I don't wish down my worst enemy you know yeah, yeah. Some, something that makes not everyone understands is that truckers are receptive to a, a high cadence of content and they're very chatty just go on the book or uh, go into trucking Twitter and you'll see it's a very, very engaged community because a lot of these guys are stuck at a dock or they're just stuck doing their reset. Yeah. So they yeah, got yeah. 10 hours to sit there watching your videos and replying to you. Now, this has been a this is really cool. Did you have any stories, though, that were really catalytic that like went viral or was there a story that's most memorable to you that you've covered over the past few years? Yeah, I, w I would honestly say um, I did one uh, with uh, uh, Jay Bill. I know I did one with uh, Bill Rethwich's kid, Luke. He's 14 years old. We were on private property, and uh, he jumped into a very expensive uh, customized Peterbilt, and he was uh, switching gears, and that got millions of views. And I think after that is uh, when people started kind of seeing the channel and when I started to do more interviews with bigger trucks. And, uh, you know, I had a couple videos like that just go viral. So that's probably it, you know. It, it took a... Uh, a young kid to help me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you mentioned the tees, and I see the mother trucker uh, hat that you have in there. So you've transitioned. You brought in the merchandise. Can you tell us about that, how you made that transition, how that's going? Yeah, so basically uh, my partner Jay here, has, uh, he's the founder. He's uh, built uh, Big Rig Tees uh, into, over the last 25 years, into uh, about 65 locations. And I had an opportunity to be a partner uh, six months ago, and now we're in 140 locations around America. And so it's pretty much uh, helped change my life and help uh, just push the show in a way where I could just keep it authentic and not have to, uh, you know, worry about what I'm saying and just uh, pretty much be, you know, the voice or be a platform for the truckers, you know. Yeah, so those are obviously not big rig T brick and mortar locations. You're in other retailers, right? Yes, they are. We're in 140 okay. physical locations, truck stops. Truck stops. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. What is, so what is easier? Because I'm, I'm, I'm ordering some merch right now, and hats are easy because they're one size fits all. But the equation for T-shirts is a little bit more challenging because people are all shapes and sizes. What equation do you use when you're thinking about quantities on T-shirts? 
here's the expert. So as far as quantities on t-shirts, when we send to like a truck stop rack, it's two, three, three, two, two, which starts out of two mediums, three larges, three extra large, two doubles and two triples. Yeah. And that's kind of the pack they get with each design. And then that that seems to work right now. And they just reorder when they're out. Yeah. Two, three, three, two. No, that's a, that's a good ratio to have. So you're doing awesome with the uh, the brand. Are you out at an event like this to expand even further? Like, what's on the horizon for the Mother Trucker brand in uh, Asia My Show? Yeah. So basically, I don't know. I I, I almost feel honestly like uh, um, if I'm not out here, then not not to disregard anybody else, but if I'm not out here, then possibly no one else will be out here. So, you know, this might be a show right now with over a thousand trucks, but if people don't know about it and don't see it, then it, it's kind of like it doesn't happen. So yeah. I'm out here just to kind of archive. And these are some old trucks. I mean, we, we got a lot of guys out here I'm interviewing that have 50 to 60 years experience and they live in a small town of 30 people. And a lot of times, you know, before they pass away, their story might have never been told. So I try to almost like keep an archive of what's going on in trucking so others can see you know before and just show that hey look trucking isn't um a, a guy in a truck that hasn't taken a shower in 20 days you know there, there are some people out here that have some big rides uh, are extremely successful extremely educated and you know they're out here to support you know uh the community and i mean you guys know just like we know uh, 1% of America keeps all of America going, but that 1% usually isn't highlighted well. You know, I think the last time we were really highlighted was when people were running out of toilet paper. And so I, I tried to be a little bit better than that for the community. You know, now, Alex, so that's why we're out here. Well, speaking of that community, the small OOs, they're having it really rough right now mm -hmm. after two bountiful years. Now they're getting crushed by diesel that's $6 and then rates that are under $2 now on, on national average. What are drivers saying to you or are they fearful right now? What are What is the, the temperature of the room there? Honestly, um, a lot of truck drivers, uh, if we talk about like a recession for everyone else to understand, when you think about like the 2006 recession in real estate, this is kind of like that for us truck drivers right now. You know, when you combine the fuel prices and the rates are so low, uh, most truck drivers are, are, are starving and they're losing their business. So they're doing everything that they can just to survive. So a lot of times what I try to convey on the channel, because they're always asking me, Alex, what can I do? Is we're just kind of letting everybody know that you're not the only one struggling. We're all out here struggling. And if you could make it past this moment, then... Uh, you're going to have a bright future, you know, but it's definitely a hard time right now for all of us. Yeah, and we've been receptive to that. And one of the things like at Freight Waves, we, we called the market early on in March. We're saying, hey, this is going down really bad. And there's been, uh, there's been plenty of blowback. People saying, oh, you can't say that. There's not. And it's like, all you're telling me right now is that you never talk to OOs. You only yeah. talk to major carriers and yeah. you're only looking at academic data. You're not paying any attention to what is actually happening to drivers out there. And you sound completely tone deaf to that community. Because like you said, guys out there are fearful. There's some guys who put giant notes on trucks in oh, the past yeah. two years. Yeah. And now they're figuring out how they're going to pay for it when half of their income just got slashed. Yeah, yeah. And the big enterprise, they, they see uh, good times and bad times last. It's the OOs that are, that are out there. They're the canary in the coal mine. Right. Yeah. And I agree with you guys. I agree with you guys a thousand percent because as owner operators, I mean, if we really think about this, is there any industry besides trucking that's this regulated? I mean, to every 
everything that we do. You know, most people that have to go to work and stay on the road get paid double. Uh, we get paid less and we're regulated and we're, you know, the hours of service uh, to, you know, the way we're treated. I mean, it's, you know, we're, I almost call us like, truck drivers are like Batman. It's like, uh, you need us when uh, you, you need some crime fighting done, but besides that, you don't want to see us and you definitely don't want us to park around your neighborhood, right? Yeah. And so uh, that's pretty much what we do. What we do is just to show people, hey, look, uh, we're here. Uh, we're a proud community. And, you know, without us, uh, America has nothing, you know, and that's I, how I, I truly like feel. That. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Yeah, I love that. A truck driver is not the hero you want, but it's the hero you need. Right. I mean, that's 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 the thing. Um, so you think uh, getting behind dishwashers need to be placed in every single truck stop is is a good movement to get behind? Um, I didn't hear about that one. But <laughs> I just made it up. I just made it up, dude. You could take it if you want. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you guys are on to something that I actually haven't heard about. So I'm going to have to uh, link you guys in on the next article I do. Dishwashers are a must for all truck drivers. Hey, hey, that's uh, right. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing, you know, and uh, hopefully this doesn't uh, hurt our, our apparel side of the business. But if you look at a lot of truck stops, they've, they've taken out a lot of the little fitness centers. And they've taken out a lot of the uh, mom and pop uh, uh, type food that you could get there, you know. So it it's it's very a, a toxic place for us right and so i think if it's possible you know just to bring back some of that right uh, you know because yeah. i hear that all the time truck drivers having to drive and, and park and then walk or uber 10 miles just to get to a planet fitness or something like that you know what i mean yeah and so if you know besides the dishwasher you know some of those <laughs> I, I think would be extremely helpful you know some healthier foods and uh, definitely uh, some access so that we can stay healthy. Well, you're not wrong. A lot of the services, especially the ones that were opened up during COVID, are being shut down. And, you know, that, that thank a trucker hashtag, it's two years old. It's about, it feels about as relevant now as an empty Purell dispenser. I mean, a lot yeah. of that sentiment just just moved. Um, Unfortunately. Do you have any advice for, for drivers out there in the market who are concerned? I mean, other than, like, make yourself educated, make yourself hyper aware of what's going on in the market. You know, um, when you talk about um, um, if we're talking about on a business sense, um, I personally own a, a me and my partner own a finance company. And even though I own a finance company to uh, for equipment uh, called the funding booth to, uh, you know, finance semi trucks, I'm telling people right now to not. And that's the honest truth, because what's really going on is a year ago, you could go out to a rider or a Penske, rent a semi truck and make some money. And that's a red flag. And I've been telling people for a year now that this was coming. And so for all the people that want to get into this business, that's fine. Start as a company driver, learn, get your experience. But if you want to jump in as an owner operator, I would wait because the honest truth is uh, there's going to be a lot of inventory that's going to be on the market because there's a lot of truck drivers right now that bought trucks that were triple the price. And that's why they can't, uh, that's why they can't really uh, sustain their business, you know. And, you know, I hate to say that, but yeah, last year was the gold rush of trucking, and a lot of people are getting bad advice. And I'm not going to say anything bad about any social media channels out there, but there's a lot of people getting into this industry that haven't been in it long, and they're trying to sell you on the dream that if you get into trucking, you're going to get rich. And last year, it seemed like that was the case. Everybody that rented a truck to drive a truck, they were making good money, but 
these are real times right now. And so the best advice I could give is if you're thinking about being an owner operator, I would hold up on that for a little bit. You know? So Al, well, I was so, gonna say, Vincent, if you if you don't yeah, have a truck, please. if you and but you have so like if you trade retail stocks, it's a lot like that. Like last year, you might have felt like you were Warren Buffett because everything went up and Bitcoin yeah. went up, and this year you feel like you're an idiot because everything's going down. Well, that's that's like what's happening in the trucking market. That's what happens when spot rates race downward and costs go up. Cost being diesel, you can't move the truck without paying for fuel. No, you absolutely can't. But Alex, I was going to ask on the, the horizon, where do you see the horizon? How deep do you think this trough goes? And are you looking forward to thinking, okay, sit out and maybe a year or two year, I think maybe things get better. What's your, what's your gut feeling on this? Uh, my gut feeling, I mean, my natural gut feeling is, you know, the big mega carriers and companies are finding a way uh, to get us owner operators and independent drivers out of the game right and you know i hate to say that but that's how i truly feel like you look at the direction anywhere from all the big box companies i mean they're all investing in self-driving technology right and so i i talk about that a lot on my uh podcast or my channel is you know they need us now but if they could do without us they would uh do i think that's going to happen in the next five ten years i think infrastructure is not there but that's that's the honest truth. I, I, I feel like that's what it's getting to. But is it still a good time to get into trucking? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's still a good way to make a living. It's a good way to provide your family. And it just honestly matters, right? If you started out working at a warehouse making $10 an hour, then if this job can do a little bit better than that, then I would say go for it, right? And so I don't want to discourage people too much. But, you know, I, I do see the future of of where the direction they want it to go at least. Powerful words, Alex. Hey, guys, before we let you go, and we'll plug your channel and everything, but our stupid question of the day has been, best fight you've ever seen? We'll start with you, Alex. It could be MMA, it could be boxing, it could be wrestling, it could be in the backyard, it could be uh, your brother. The best, <laughs> the best fight I've ever seen? I, you know, people are going to hate me for this, but, uh, uh, you know, um, I haven't been watching too much fighting. The last thing I've probably seen was that viral video where that uh, I think it was like a Muay Thai fighter fighting a sumo wrestler. I, I don't know if you guys <laughs> seen that one, but someone said that to me <laughs> a week ago. And I said, you know what? I, I, I don't want to put my money, but I might have to put my money on the big guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> How about your partner here? What, what's the best fight you've ever seen? Sugar Ray Leonard. Mm, I can't tell you, you what year it was, but I'm an old school boxing fan. You, you can probably go with no. any one of those, man. Well, hey, so guys, I really appreciate your time today. I'll let you get back to that truck show. But people who like what they heard, they want to follow you. They want to subscribe to your channel. Where do I send them to? Uh, you can send them to uh, the Asian My Show on YouTube. And uh, people are probably going to say, why the heck is it called the Asian My Show? Well, I'm Asian. My last name is Mai, and I thought I had a show. And that's what happens when you start something eight years ago thinking that only your mom was going to watch it, you know? So. <laughs> well, you just look, look at you now. 300, tell mom you get 300,000 followers and you're wearing a mother trucker hat. She'll be very, very proud. Oh. Guys, thank you so you know, much for your time. Don't today. Really, oh, go right ahead. What do you got? Yeah. No, I was going to say, uh, I was just thinking out loud, you know, you guys were talking about it. Uh, well, me and my partner definitely would like to send you guys some merch. So if there's any, you know, any designs or anything like that, that you, you like from what we have, uh, Definitely let us know. We want to send it to you guys for yourself personally and to give out to people on your show, you know? Cool, man. Well, we love those hats. We were talking about them before we came on. Yeah. So I'll drop you uh, an email with an address and uh, what we need. And we really appreciate it. Best of luck. Sell some shirts and have a good time, guys.
All right. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Hey, good right stuff. Good stuff out of those two. Awesome stuff. We've had some amazing guests on today. Oh, yeah. It's been a great show. We've had some great guests. Yeah. Let's get to some good news, bad news, because it's Friday, then we'll send you home. Let's do it. I hope they're okay. Uh, oh, hold too. on. Sorry, we got to tip the band. With fully furnished state-of-the-art oh. repair trucks and a full array of roadside tools, you can expect the safest, fastest, and most painless response from your fleet for your fleet from Love's Truck Care and Speedco. To learn more about their roadside assistance, tell them, dude. Oh, hey, go to loves.com immediately after the show. All right, now, what do we got here? Oh, like, good news. Cyber trucks are starting to appear at Gigafactory. You Sweet. may have seen them rolling around. But here's the bad news. Let's take a look at the interior. It's very, very Ooh. basic. Ooh. Now, I understand that this is, it's obviously a demo car, right? Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, see yeah. the wires yeah. attached yeah, yeah. to it. The steering wheel would probably yeah. be different. I don't think you can put, I don't think you'd fit an airbag in that. So that definitely wouldn't be regulation. But if you look at the seats and the accoutrements, it, uh, yeah, it, it reminds me of like an element or something, which was a 19 Yeah, it looks like you're going to hose it out with, uh, you know, just go get some muddy and hose it out. But maybe that's what it is. It's see, I, I, that's not going to make me cancel my pre order. I'm canceling my pre order just because it's taken so long. Like, I've, I've, since. 2019 I've had this and I thought I'd be getting this two years ago you and could have threw that in some uh, doge and get get made some money on it. <laughs> here's some good news man you yeah. booked a great load it's a great lane dude yeah here's the bad news you picked this one here Ooh. 94 cents you poor bastard ah. 94 cents how are you going to make any money doing that uh, Stanley no Ray Hampton no wonder you're getting your $500 back from that cyber truck Stanley Ray Hampton put that out right yeah he did Stanley Ray Hampton See, that's one of those one things and that's why I love talking to guys like Asian Mike because they actually have their finger on the pulse of that's what's right. going on and why I don't like talking to guys from the University of Michigan he even commented under this one and I was like hey what do you think of this and he's like well look at this chart I've got that says everything's fine it's not fine it's go not fine. out there and talk to drivers stop being so callous and oblivious did he put out a chart that showed that prices last year were good? That's why they, they're not It's just not ridiculous. <laughs> like, if, if you, you are intellectually dishonest, if you keep discounting what is happening with fuel, and obviously consumers can't buy as much stuff with inflation. Like, what are you even talking about? I have no idea. All right. No idea. We're too ugly. Bad news. We are too ugly to enter, uh, to enter this what contest because my ass looks like a Ren and Stimpy cartoon. But the New York Post reports the contestants for the annual Miss Bum Bum contest have what been Announced with 27 Brazilian beauties battling it out for the title of best buttocks in the country. The competition it began uh, 11 years ago. What happened? You can get $22,000 in endorsement deals. That's not so great. But their champion, Nathie Cajara, she's 35. She made international news last year after she insured her butt for $1.2 million Whoa. following her win. So What's nice little premium windfall. on that? For like Lloyds of London, I'm not really sure. Wrestlers <laughs> used to have a lot of those policies too. Talk to people over. At Here's the good news, though. There's a reason we're talking about this. Trucking is represented this year. It's represented by Julie Figuero. Julie is a truck driver from Rio Grande del Sul in the south part of the country, and she looks to take it all with that Scania truck. There what you do you go. think? I, I go trucking. Go man. trucking. It's the year of the truck. I think she takes it. I, I think, think she, she takes it. I think she takes it. Here's some good news, my friend. You're making a great time on your delivery, but your truck appears to be going just a little slower than you uh, normally go. There's some dragon, man. Maybe you got your parking brake still on or something like that. But uh, here's the bad news, no. Oh, this. It's not a parking brake, my friend. <laughs> it's an out. Impala or something. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> up underneath your front bumper. Now, you can clearly <laughs> hear that there. scraping, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, how does, does he, is that in a blind spot? Does he not know that's there? No, and that's a cab over, dude, so you're definitely seeing that car. It's That's not, uh, and now we hit his bump, his, his horn. 
Yeah, so you, I mean, <laughs> this has to be a little bit of like just disregard for what is the, the, the car in front of you. This driver maybe was just a little frustrated that, uh, yeah, that that four wheeler blew through the section. When I first got my, <laughs> I love that he. Blows I like the that he beeped at him afterwards. too. He stopped. It's like you're the one who has to move. The truck is, the truck is, the car is sideways. Where is he even gonna go? <laughs> and then he beeps at him. Hey, get out of my so way. So when I first, uh, when I first got my license, the stupidest accent that I was ever in was in in Natick, and this driver. Uh, he came in and he just tried to squeeze like on yeah. the right side of my car yeah. and just try to squeeze through. And then yeah. like when he started hitting it, it was like, Kink! and then instead of just backing up like a normal yeah. person, he's like, all right, crunched all, like, all the way through. <laughs> and I remember me and my buddy, um, we go like, we go pulling after this guy and he pulls over into a church parking lot. We were like 16 at the time. We just gotten that, and we had yeah. this spotlight, like a cop spotlight that you could plug into the the lighter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we like we like rolled up on the guy in there and scared the scared the evelyn <laughs> ass out of him. But what, what sucked is eventually we didn't. It was like it was too like my car was a beater and it was too low to get paid for insurance. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah and yeah. we talked to his dad and we're like, well, we don't want to file it. I know you don't want to file, so yeah. we settle it. And I don't even think it got settled. But yeah, big eh, dumb mistake. Yeah, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Was the dumbest? <laughs> you've been you've been anything stupid like that? You ever get pushed like by a truck like that, wedged in front of one? No, I've never done that, but I, uh, me and uh, a, a buddy of mine were out four wheel four wheel driving, and we we uh, we got stuck in the middle of a major river outside of Pittsburgh, and just left the car there. Is it still there? <laughs> just like to this day, we got out of a junkyard, and and we didn't have it registered or anything. We just used it as a back backwoods uh, four wheel driver. Got stuck there, started floating. We just bailed. Wow. <laughs> this wasn't, see ya. All right. Well, Not good the, news. <laughs> we got another video here. Let's roll this one. You're pulling a giant toilet paper roll through the city. <laughs> the bad well, news is just a little no back No wonder end. we had a shortage. Look at this guy. <laughs> Look at this guy. I don't think he realizes his truck might be uh, front-wheel drive on this. He's not getting a lot of power out of those rear wheels. Um, it's... it's, it's a very heavy load. It does, he doesn't even have a flag coming off the back of it. I don't. This does not look like the United States of America. Though, no, it? it doesn't look like a place where he's going to need that flag to get by authorities. He just needs to figure out how to steer <laughs> this thing without his front tires touching the ground. Look at him. You can even see him steering the tires as if he's going to get the direction to move. You think he's in the front just kind of urging forward? I think what he's trying to do at this point is he's see as he goes up the hill and he stops. It kind of leans forward. Yeah. And I think he's trying to get the the tires, the the steer tires to touch long enough to change direction because you'll see he'll bounce and then he'll turn it. Well, is he trying to use the giant toilet paper roll though, like to clack it against it so it knocks him forward? Yes. Is he trying to do like yes. a heart, like a seesaw? Like, I, I think that's what he's trying to do. I, think I don't think he's unless he's gains an, an ash load of weight. He becomes a great big heavy person. Like it's it's gonna work, Michael. Yeah, Fisk. no, he's gonna need Tank, the uh, the the wrestler from tonight, to get on the front bumper of that thing to get that thing uh, evened out in weight. What is the most optimistic, never gonna happen load you've seen? Because this guy was clearly way over optimistic about the success of this this happening. Way over optimistic load that I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, like, oh, what man. is the one that you're like? This is just a mess. This is just a mess. It's <laughs> never gonna happen. Um, yeah, uh, uh, probably about. 12 pallets of nitrocellulose sitting on my dock out in uh, in Miami once, right after the uh, CF terminal blew up from five-gallon pail of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, nitrocellulose is really bad stuff, dude. 
So, did, like, was it arson or something, or just came no, 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 no. It, it nitrocellulose is is it's a thing. It's in marine uh, paint and some other stuff like that. But when you hit it, it's suspended in alcohol. If it drains off, it becomes highly volatile. You touch it and it blows up, and like a fi- like a t- tablespoon blew out like I don't know fifty doors and a couple hundred trucks and wow. CF terminal. Way it was back in the nineties. The most optimistic I was recently was taking a car to buy like a, a big flat screen TV. Yeah, that it oh. clearly <laughs> couldn't fit in. I didn't put it like on top of my roof. Yeah, though. I came never back with uh, <laughs> with a bigger car to go to go and get it. But yeah. Those can sneak up on you. Yeah. Hey, coming up Monday on What the Truck, we get Frank Kenny, Director of Industry Solutions at Clio, Melanie Flores, Director of Solutions Consulting at SimTrain, Jake Rarer, CEO of EV Semi Fleet Corp. We're going to ask him why he made a big investment in Tesla Semi Trucks. I'm curious what his logic is. You've had a couple schools of thoughts on that. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. That's D O O N E R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Follow Back the Truck on Twitter. Back the Truck up on TikTok. Don't be a stranger and tell him how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere.